Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, who is, based on the NFL Network's Top 100 poll, the top player in the NFL that you would vote for? We use their top three, Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, or, or other running away with it, Tom Edward Brady. Tom still didn't want to talk about the fact that he was away from training camp for 11 days. There is no truth to the rumor that he took 11 days off to appear on The Masked Singer. There's no truth to that. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Another beautiful day here in paradise. It's episode number 831 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We normally just dabble in sports, but we got into entertainment yesterday, and uh, things really sort of popping there with our movie reviews. Coming up on the program today, you're really going to enjoy it. And if you don't, I know I will, no matter what. Bruce Dobigan's going to be with us. Uh, where do I start? Famed NHL author. Used to have his own show on the CBC. I watched it. The Doughboy, Bruce Dobigan. Regular contributor on Fan 960 Sports Radio in Calgary. Bruce Dobigan with us in hour one to talk about his uh, latest book, Inexact Science. It's about NHL drafting and some of the most puzzling NHL drafts from years gone by. I'm very excited to talk to him about that. And in hour two, a man of many talents, a man that can talk about many things, Farhan Alalji from TSN Vancouver will be joining us. We're down here in South Florida. He's all the way up there on the West Coast in Vancouver. There's a long way between us. But we've got a long list of things to talk about as we uh, welcome in the Moose, Darren Moose DuPont. We have a lot of things to talk about as well. I'll just say this, Moose, you're in Lake Country. Look like you had a nice round yesterday. How is the golf course uh, looking there in your area? Uh, fantastic. Lots of rain came through over the weekend, so it's a little <clears> wet. But no, uh, the golf course was great. Yesterday was an awesome day. Good to hear. You know, I was talking to my brother, my brother over there about how uh, hot and sunny it is in Sask and how the crops are. And he said, no worries for us, because we got farmland. He goes, they're, they're real happy, the farmers here. And I said, I love it. Let's keep that rolling. And yeah. uh, speaking of, Jordan, can you please hit the quick six show horn, please, and thank you. It's an interesting quick six today. Can I throw a couple curveballs at you? But I'm starting with Blue Jays baseball. Danny Jansen that? drilled... A walk-off single to left field in the 11th inning to end the Toronto Blue Jays' three-game losing streak with a 5-4 comeback victory over the Cubs Monday night at Rogers Center. The Blue Jays won for only the third time in their last 10 home games, this time before 26,473 fans. Down 4-0, the Blue Jays came back. It began in the seventh inning when Jansen smacked a three-run homer to left field. The teams will play again Tuesday, of course. What I will say, two things on that, Moose. Number one, I'm really missing watching my Blue Jays baseball. Something Rodgers has done. Uh, They've figured out a way to block the VPN and therefore block me. I'm missing my Blue Jays baseball, number one. And number two, I think it's come with my age, which I see a lot of people Googling Rod Peterson age. Isn't that funny? I've been around the block. A lot of trips around the sun. 
I, I can't wait to see how this all plays out. I'm tired of the day-in and day-out drama of the Major League Baseball season for the Blue Jays. Can we just get to the postseason? They hold the final wild card spot. Two-game lead. I think that they're going to hold on to it and get into the postseason, but I just I can't wait. I'm, I'm in a glass case of emotion. Just Can we get to the playoffs already? I think that's an age thing. Are you the same? Are you enjoying the day-in, day-out rigors of following the Blue Jays? Well, it is stressful, and they needed that win last night, man, really, really yeah. badly, especially when they went down to come back like that to show themselves that they can do it. But you're right, because they go on these slides where they lose three or four in a row, or they lose five of six, but then they come back and win eight of nine. So you just wonder if those slides are going to catch up with them eventually. But yeah, I'm with you. I kind of want just to know if they're going to get in, but the ride's pretty fun, too. Enjoy the ride, as we often say. Something I forgot to say off the top. Stop the presses. I'm doing this show not under protest, but under duress. I'm sick. And uh, as you know, yesterday, I wasn't feeling top of the world. It's just the -the run-of-the-mill cold slash flu, but they suck. And trust me, it's not COVID. I've had that twice. This ain't it. But some of the viewers actually wrote me yesterday and said, you, did, you seemed a little off. And I, I hope you don't get this, Darren. I don't know. Can I ask if you've had COVID yet? I believe you've entered the COVID right. club. Are you not in the COVID club? You have. Um, yeah, it's not that. But you, but you, certain brain fog. And, yeah, yesterday I referred to Chris Streveler as a Super Bowl winning uh, quarterback. Meant to say Grey Cup winning quarterback. And people, they at least... I've been on the air long enough and our viewers know long enough that I know the difference between the Super Bowl and the Grey Cup. Thanks. But um, I didn't want to have you carry the mail all by yourself. And I come from the school of if he's breathing, he's playing. You know what I mean? That's just where I come from. So anyways, if I feel a little or seem a little off, which some viewers detected, and I appreciate you for saying that and checking in, I'm fine. But that's the deal. And the other thing, by the way, some people were very offended when I said that I auditioned for a role in uh, South Florida in the NFL, and I was told I was too Canadian. People were, off- and I didn't get it, and people were offended by that. And I'm like, don't, don't be offended by that. The Dolphins have, I'm not, the Dolphins have more, more than enough coverage and saturation. Believe me, they do. The Florida Panthers would never say, this guy's too Canadian. They would never say that. As a matter of fact, Randy Moeller last year in the press box, the television color commentator who's from Red Deer, said, we can't have enough Western Canadian guys like you around here. Make yourself at home. So training camp opening up in a couple of uh, weeks here, and we'll we'll be just fine being Canadian here in South Florida. There's quite a few of us. Now, to the NHL vein as we move along, it dawned on me this morning. I may be sick, but I still have very strong intuition. Do you remember a year ago, Moose? I came out with the uh, standing predictions of all four NHL divisions, and they were very hotly contested. And I think part of the reason why I got so much play then, and this morning I tweeted my Pacific Division prediction is getting a lot of play now, is because nobody, everybody else is still asleep from what I can see. Elliot Friedman's still growing a beard at the lake, and Darren Drager's still doing his. I mean, I can't get TSN either because they blocked me, but I don't see a lot of guys coming out with their predictions yet. So we kind of have center stage to ourselves. And I'm starting with the Pacific Division, which is the division that, sorry to say, we love the most. 
And I'll just preface it by saying last year's predictions for me wasn't bad. I had Vegas number one, so that was that was bad. They missed the playoffs. That's on them. Um, I had Anaheim making the playoffs until about Christmas. They were in a spot, and for whatever reason, they fell off. I, I think just youth. But other than that, that was right on. And so here's what I have for this year, and I want yours too. And the viewers, please write in with your Pacific Division predictions too. I've got the Edmonton Oilers number one, the Calgary Flames number two. And don't start with the fact that the Flames are better. The Oilers bitch slapped them in the playoffs in five games. I know there's been a lot of changes on the roster with the Flames, but until that changes, you were still bitch slapped by the Oilers. You have to accept that you're going to go into the year behind the Edmonton Oilers. In prediction polls, not just mine, but probably everybody's. Number three, the LA Kings took the orders to seven last year in round one, and they were my surprise team to make it. Number four, the Anaheim Ducks. I believe the Ducks have arrived. This is the playoff cutoff line right here. So then number five, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, they're going to miss again, I think. How about that? not Not looking good in Vegas. And then the Vancouver Canucks. Sorry, Vancouver. And then San Jose Sharks, then Seattle Kraken. Those are mine. What are yours? And I know I just sprung it on you this morning. Have you been able to spend much time yeah. thinking about it? I have. And, and really, when I saw yours early this morning, and even before we, we chatted in our morning meeting, you know, the, the one team that jumps off the page as the biggest wild card outside of Vegas, because I think I'm with you with, with their goaltending question marks and just some of the question marks. I think it'll be tough for them to make the playoffs. But for me, the question mark wild cards, the Vancouver Canucks, you know, they have some skill with Pedersen, the JT Miller situation. You know, what's that going to look like throughout the season with Hughes on the back end? And if they can get good goaltending from Demko in that group and goal, um, they're a team that could surprise people and I'm a playoff team and maybe leapfrog in Anaheim or in LA, but it'll be pretty tough. I think Edmonton Calgary are solidified one, two, but Vancouver for me is the one interesting question mark. I'm not sure how to read them yet. Well, nobody is. And I think we all agree that if there was one more month left in the regular season last year, the Canucks probably would have made it under Bruce Boudreau, but they didn't. And so, yeah, they, they are a bit of an X factor, but I would say that they're offseason, and we're not profiling the Vancouver Canucks today, but I, don't, I would say their offseason's been a little underwhelming. Um, their players were underwhelming last year, so they got a lot to show me that they're going to be in a playoff spot this year. I've opened up the text line here. Jeff Kozak writes in. He says, hey, Rod, heading back from Calgary, listening to you. He texts on the 902 line. Jeff, thank you. This is a longtime viewer supporter of mine and uh, Darren he moved his daughter to school at Calgary and it reminds me of when I was 17 years of age and my mom dropped me off we drove to Calgary and I kept my car and she drove back to Saskatchewan uh, on the Greyhound and my mom was very concerned I think living here little Roddy in Calgary downtown and for good reason but mom we survived and Jeff, I wish your daughter all the best uh, post-secondary education in Calgary. She'll love it. It's such a wonderful city. Todd in Red Deer writes in, and he says, with regards to your job interview, which, by the way, it wasn't a job interview. It was basically an audition. 
If they reviewed your 20-plus years in broadcasting, not sure how they would be surprised. The proof is kind of in the pudding, isn't it? No, no, you got to understand, Todd. This, this is how our business works. That's so much different than any other business. They had absolutely no, no idea who I was. And they said, just give us a shot here. And then they came back and said, yeah, you're just a little too Canadian for us. And I'm like, okay, toodaloo, not offended. That's just me. And by the way, it's not 20-plus years. It's 30-plus years. I started in the business when I was 16. I'm currently 49. So 33 years in this business um, is what has given me the license, I believe, to do whatever the hell I want to do in this business. So, except for that, (laughs) but I'll still be covering the Florida Panthers, uh, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. By the way, it's Tuesday. Edo Japan, our message from Edo Japan, from hand-rolled sushi to bento box meals made with their famous teriyaki sauce. Edo Japan's menu has something for everyone. Which, by the way, this is the thing. What's different about us here is the angle with which we bring being a Canadian show. We still have leagues, our teams in the U.S. leagues, Blue Jays, Raptors. Um, I've got a lot of friends in the National Football League. That's how our angle, that's how we're different than every other show. They will figure that out. But in the meantime, I ain't changing. And they understand that. Um, Point three, because there's not enough hockey coverage down here at all. That's what they're clamoring for. Point three, we're going to profile today the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's an interesting story. This is the email that came from the National Hockey League today. I've whittled it down to these key lines, Darren. Change could have defined the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. Instead, They'll stick with what they know. Forwards of Jenny Malkin and Brian Rust and defenseman Chris Letang could have left in free agency, but a sizable shakeup was avoided in favor of keeping the core of Crosby, Malkin, and Letang intact with the hopes of competing for at least one more Stanley Cup. Those three could be entering the latter stage of their primes. Crosby, at the age of 35, will play his 18th NHL season. Malkin, at age 36, and Letang, 35, are playing their 17th season. Forwards Ricard Raquel, Kasperi Kapanen, and Danton Heinen will remain in Pittsburgh after all three signed new deals this summer. There was some change on the blue line. They traded Mike Matheson in a fourth-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens for Jeff Petrie and forward Ryan Poling. Uh, defenseman John Marino was traded to the New Jersey Devils for defenseman Ty Smith in a third-round pick in the 2023 draft. And in goal, the most important position, number one goalie Tristan Jari missed The first six games of the playoffs, if you remember, with a lower body injury, returning with 26 saves in a 4-3 overtime loss to the Rangers in Game 7. Casey DeSmith, the backup, should be ready for training camp after having core muscle surgery May 6th. I was so happy to see the Penguins come up as today's featured team because they've got so many fans in Canada and even Western Canada. And you and I have talked about this. I think it's because they made so many long and deep playoff runs while kids were growing up and watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. They have a lot of fans in Canada, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so what do you think about that? They're basically admitting they're old and they're just hanging on. At some point, you turn that corner where you're not a veteran team, you're an old team. Where's Pittsburgh on that scale? Yeah, they got one foot in the old folks' home, it feels like. like they're, <laughs> they're not sure if they're in there or not in there. But you know what? Those guys are extremely talented. And you know, they're probably looking back at last year and saying, we should have got past New York. We should have. They had the opportunity there. Thought they were the better team for the most part in that series um, and just didn't. And if they get past New York, who knows where they go? 
Um, so there's a chance there. They can get some good supporting help. If Tristan Jari plays well in goal, they've got a chance to contend for a Stanley Cup again. But um, I don't think they'll be at or near the top of the regular season standings. But with those veterans, you always have a chance come the spring. Um, I'm going to put in some viewer comments here. Uh, Wayne in BC says, it seems you don't like the Canucks, Rod, but I can't blame you. They didn't do enough in the offseason to make the playoffs. Um, I'm not anti-Vancouver Canucks. they got to show me something. They haven't shown me anything for a very long time. My buddy Kevin watching in Airdrie, Alberta says, ooh, yeah, Canucks in third. But he's a Canucks fan. I can look at this somewhat subjectively. Shoot, I'm a Golden Knights fan, and I said they're going to miss the playoffs. Which, incidentally, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, who will win the Pacific Division? And I'm talking about finishing first. Who will win the pennant? Uh, and we just went with the three Canadian teams, Oilers, Canucks, or Flames. Obviously, I have the, if I had my druthers, I'd have the Kings and Ducks in that. But we only have room for four spots in the poll. And running away with it on YouTube, the last I saw was the Edmonton Oilers. Running away with it on Twitter was the Calgary Flames. So that will be fun to debate uh, throughout the program. We're only halfway through the quick six show topics. And we'll be back with the final three in a moment. Dale Barazuk's watching in Winnipeg. He says, good morning, all. Great show. Jack, that's his son. And I bought another one. Jeep Life. He says, feel better. Congratulations, Dale. That's bell ringing worthy. I've got two. And I'd love to add to my collection. There's two kinds of people, Moose, on this earth. Those that have a Jeep and those that want a Jeep. We'll be back. You are watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network and YouTube Live. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues. Glad to have you aboard. On this Tuesday, as we're going to switch our attention to uh, football here in a second, I see that it's really ignited a fire between Flames and Oilers fans in the comments section. That should not surprise anybody as we bring the moose back in from Lake Country. Here's, you know, we're going to get to the NFL news too. Um, I Overall, we're just going to talk about what you and I want to talk about, and then everybody can filter in after that. And I'll tell you why. We got the Jimmy Garoppolo news coming up. I'm not big on wasting time, and I think that also has to do with my age. So all summer long, we've been seeing the vacillations, as Bob Hughes used to say, the Hall of Fame Leader Post columnist, about Jimmy Garoppolo's future with the 49ers and where he may go and will he may move his no-trade clause and uh, you know, why are the 49ers moving on? And then we find out overnight that the 49ers and Jimmy G have reworked his contract. He's not going anywhere. I'm sitting there going... All these hours and hours and hours and days upon days of speculation where he may go, and in the end, he's not going anywhere. Does that not feel like a gigantic waste of time to you? But, 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 who's better, Flames or Orders, going into the regular season is kind of the same thing. It doesn't matter what anybody says, because they'll prove it on the ice, but people can't get enough talking about it. Fair? That's absolutely fair. Yeah, they can't get enough talking about it. speculating and that's what they that's what keeps them you know moving and and uh, anticipating what's going to happen throughout the season i know it's 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 a good time and it's a lot of fun at the same time yeah well so we move into the football thing here and i see that 
David uh, from Winnipeg has written in, and I appreciate his comment here, but I'm not, I'm not, as the bracelet says, I'm one day at a time here. He's talking about this weekend CFL games. David in Winnipeg says, CFL playoff scenario this week, Bombers can clinch a playoff spot with a win over Sask, or if they lose and Edmonton, Ottawa, Hamilton lose. Listen. And he does a clapping emoji. You think Mike O'Shea is taking the boys out for lunch if they clinch a playoff berth? He'd kick their ass if they didn't. The Bombers are going to be in the playoff. Who cares about clinching scenarios? I Clearly you do, David, and I know it's very important for every team. And there are bonuses that get handed out and everything. It's important within the locker room, sure. It's not important to me because we know who's, especially at Labor Day, if we know who's close to clinching, they're going to be in the playoffs no matter what. He's got half a season yeah. to go. The interesting part to me, and now we got them all stirred up here on the hockey. Just keep, folks, just keep chatting in the chat. You got because we've moved on here to the CFL. I'm wondering if you've read into anything or heard anything more about Gary Stern walking away as owner of the Montreal Alouettes because, frankly, this does not happen very often. And if you look at the column at rodpeterson.com right now, second column running from the top, it's Mike Stackhouse's, and he gets into Gary Stern leaving the Owls and did he get tired of losing money, which is, quite frankly, what everybody's saying. And somebody wrote into the website, guy by the name of Alex. I'm not going to give you his last name. But he basically said, don't talk about Gary Stern unless you know what you're talking about. And while I appreciate that, um, to Mike, we don't know. And unless you want to come out and tell us, it's a little like Tom Brady. He is entitled to his privacy and why he walked away for 11 days from training camp. They're still talking about it today on ESPN's Get Up, and it's kind of interesting to see them all tiptoe around it. They don't even speculate on what's going on with Tom. They're like, we respect him. Tom's earned the right. Doesn't mean people aren't going to speculate, though, why you were gone. You, If we want the privacy as public people and don't want people to know certain things, we have to be okay with the speculation. And that goes along with the Alouettes, and that has, goes along with the Gary Stern family and the Sid Spiegel uh, situation. So I haven't really heard anything. The whole thing just looks weird. I know how it looks. And I don't think Randy Ambrosi wants to go looking for another owner. My God, it took him a year and a half last time or longer. Farhan may have some news on that in the second hour, but how do you feel about speculation on Gary Stern walking away from the Montreal Alouettes? Yeah, and we followed the insiders yesterday, whether that be, you know, Donker, Naylor, Farhan, and, you know, I think it was Naylor talking about the league putting together a list of investment bankers and trying to put a list of potential owners, you know, on the table and have that ready to go for, you know, um, expansion, but also if ownership comes up, um, and is available like the Montreal Alouette. So they're they're looking ahead to that. Um, but again, the speculation is still going to run rapid until we hear. And at some point, we've got to hear something from Gary Stern or from the Alouettes as an organization or from the league about this situation because it just happened in the middle of the night. And it's just, it's it's so odd, the timing of it and just the way everything went down to shut your Twitter account down, to have just, just pull the plug after you were going about business as usual, even throughout the weekend and tweeting and, you know, hanging out with pinball, as he said on Twitter and things like that and having a great time and then boom, done. So something happened. Um, We just don't know what and we'll continue to wonder what until we know. 
Um, yeah, and that's the thing about Gary Stern. Again, nice enough to come on this show. Seems like a really nice guy. Clearly didn't have any idea what he was getting into, and we talked about that at length yesterday. It looks to me like he ran away, and that's unfortunate. It's funny, and I'll say it now. People think that I ran away from Saskatchewan to Florida, and as my advisors have said down here, and I'll never forget being across the couch from Lisa, uh, one of my advisors, she's like, you're not running away. You're here every day. You're in front of the camera every day. Your phone's on. You're uh, open to phone calls, right? I'm like, absolutely. If anybody wants to talk why I'm in South Florida, give me a call. Is Gary Stern answering questions about why he's not the owner of the Alouettes anymore? Again, it's his business. I'm done speculating on it. But the family and the Alouettes had, well, the Owls will be used to this, but I don't think the Stern family will. Um, you know, I've had friends that have bought teams in the past <laughs> for fear of graphic nature here. Guys like, I- I'm not sure as hell not going to name him, but he goes, I have slit throats and stepped on heads to get to the top in the business world, and nobody knew. I buy a team, and every time I take a dump, it's on the front page of the newspaper. How about that? What did you think was going... What? They get into this, and they have no idea what they're getting into. You know? Mm-hmm. It's it's so... Yeah. (laughs) Sorry to be so It's sports, right? No, it's sports, and that's... Hey, that comes with the territory, and, and you can't just pack up and leave now without everybody wondering what happened. And again, we're gonna wait, and we'll always wonder until we're told. So that day will come eventually. Um, Jeff Kibillos in Winnipeg, watching. He says everyone is all CFL flames and orders up in here. I'm excited about my Georgia Bulldogs kicking off this weekend against Gulp, Oregon. That's awesome for you, Jeff. But we're gonna stay on the Flames orders CFL talk because that's what we do. Um, Jason and Red Deer, who incidentally is a Flames fan, says until the orders actually go all the way, they can keep the great on paper status. So, yeah, we've lit a fire between orders and Flames fans, and that's exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, Jason also says, a friend of mine who works at McMahon Stadium has heard rumblings that Bo Levi Mitchell may have a minor but inconveniencing injury sustained in the game against Tirana. Well, I still don't think that um, Bo, that Bo would have come out with a statement that he did about how humbling it was to be sat down if he wasn't playing because of injury. So, I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, oh, <laughs> Tacona in Winnipeg says, Breaking news, Rod, CFL trade deadline is October 5th. We figured that out yesterday, but thank you, Tacona. Day late, dollar short on, short on that. How about that? Um, I'm going to move on. Got that out of the way. Bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app. It's AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets. Straight out of the gate, feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Download the app for free. PlayDarkHorse.com. Available for Android and Apple devices. Point five, after months of inaction following attempts to trade one-time franchise quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, the San Francisco 49ers, and the veteran have agreed to a restructured deal. Garoppolo, who was due to earn $26 million this season, will now earn $6.5 million 
However, with incentives, his new deal could get him up to $16 million based on playing time. Now the 49ers can move forward with second-year pro Trey Lance as their starter and Jimmy G as their backup. That's really all I have to say about that, other than Stephen A. saying this was this morning on first take, this is highly embarrassing for Jimmy G to have to take that much of a pay cut. I don't understand why. He's taken them to a Super Bowl. He took him to a conference championship in round two last year before they lost to the Rams. There's no shame there. I still don't understand what they don't see in Jimmy G. You want to take a swing of that? I don't see what they don't see in Jimmy G. You? I know, but sometimes if you got your eyes on the guy behind him and you can't stop looking at the other guy, uh, you got to play the guy you want, right? And if Jimmy G isn't your guy, he's not your guy. And you know what? I'm sure there's a lot of teams in the NFL that would love to have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback right now. And, uh, you know, I know the Atlanta Falcons would be one of them, right, at the front of the line looking for a quarterback. How about the Houston Texans? Or, hey, the Seattle Seahawks would love Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know what? He'll be the number two guy in San Fran. If they've got cap room, and that's the thing, is on the quarterback vein, um, look at Chris Strebler. And this is a humbling, humbling, humbling industry. Sports and to a certain extent, media. And look at Strebler. Has the best NFL preseason ever, as Jets coach Robert Saleh said. I always get that saying wrong, but I think I got it right now. Robert Saleh said, greatest NFL preseason ever. Ah, you're cut. And I was actually very grateful that Zig Fracassi straightened it out yesterday. He's like, it's different now, Rod, the preseason than it ever used to be because of salary cap. The money's allotted. The preseason, I don't even know why they have it anymore. Strebler was nothing more than a camp body, fourth-string guy, and now he's got to sit by the phone and hope to get a call from another NFL team. And I think in the case of Jimmy G, nobody wanted to take on his $26 million contract because the last I checked, Chris Strebler wasn't making $26 million a year. By the way, what's on at the movies this week with Landmark Cinemas? Beast in theaters now. No, it's not the producer Clark story. Idris Elba stars in a pulse-pounding new thriller about a father and his two teenage daughters who find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the savannah has but one apex predator. Text MOVIES NOW, MOVIES, to 902-518-3033 to be entered to win tickets and treats at Landmark Cinemas. Winners picked every week to go to the movies. And last point six, Canada. Didn't play Monday at the Women's World Hockey Championship in Denmark as they rested for Tuesday's final round-robin game against the rival United States. Both games, both teams, sorry, are 3-0, with the U.S. getting to that mark with a 9-0 route of Switzerland on Monday. By the way, I do have a 6B point. The Brandon Wheat Kings naming Marty Murray as their general manager yesterday. There was uh, some speculation that it might be Mike Babcock, and here's how that came out. Some people with the Wheat Kings told people, yeah, we've hit a grant. We've hit a home run with our general manager. That led people to believe that it was going to be Mike Babcock, and it's my, Marty Murray, the former Wheat Kings great, who last I saw was running a junior A team in Minot, America, Minot, North Dakota. So I just think that the Wheat Kings definition of a home run is a little definite, a little different than the rest of ours. But Marty will do a great job. Moose, I'll see you in hour two. You bet. See you then. Bruce Dobigan, the Doughboy, joins us next, and I can't wait. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. 
Have you subscribed to The Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. Talking hockey from South Florida. By the way, Lyle's watching on Game Plus Television in Toronto. Lyle writes in. He says, I'm not sure how the Calgary Flames could be in the top spot conversation uh, for our next guest, Bruce Dobigan. We were making, I made my Pacific Division predictions for the NHL this year. I got the orders one, Flames two. Um, Lyle in Toronto says, Edmonton first, LA, Anaheim, Calgary. Missing the playoffs, Vancouver, Vegas, San Jose, Seattle. Always a fun discussion. As, by the way, our drafts. And let's bring him in, the Doughboy, Bruce Dobigan. I'm looking at the uh, cover here. Hey, Bruce, good to see you, buddy. In you exact, too, it's, been a while. it's been far too long. In exact science, the six most compelling draft years in NHL history. Uh, I'm not sure if you know or not, my dad was a scout in the NHL with Dallas for 26 seasons. So this is right down my alley. What made yeah. you want to write this book about the inexact science that is NHL drafting? Well, two things. I've, I think this is my 10th book, and I've written about drafts in one shape or other in about half of those books. So I, I you know, sort of developed a whole uh, bunch of information and an interest in the drafts from doing those. And the second part was my son, who uh, now works uh, at Stat Center for TSN, uh, who's a rain man about all of these things. Uh, he and I wanted to work on a project together, and uh, we came upon this idea. And for the the great part, Roddy, is I didn't have to do the research. He was the research guy. I was mm. the writing and polishing guy. Well, as you know, with 10 books, I've written three. There's no easy way to write a book. Now, yeah. what, what are – I don't even know. I have a million things I want to ask you. What were the specific years? Without being a spoiler – were there six years that were particularly odd in NHL draft history? Well, that was it. We had to decide. We had to sort of have a little meeting amongst ourselves to decide exactly which were the years. So we settled on 71, which is the Lafleur uh, um, dion draft. Then we did 79, which, of course, is the, the WHA merger draft. We did 84, which was Mario. Uh, 89 was when the Red Wings, of course, made out like bandits with the European players. Uh, and uh, 91 was Eric Lindros. They're refusing to go in the draft. And finally, we did 2005. I mean, 2003 was in there. We had a couple other years we could have considered. But at a certain point, you got to say, well, let's, let's, let's make our list. And we did. So would you say that you're a draft nerd? Because they're all cool. I mean, this year's Yuri Slavkovsky going number one in Montreal to the Habs reminded me of 1980 when Doug Wickenheiser went number one to yeah. the Habs over <laughs> low hometown favorite Denise Savard. Like, they're all interesting, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been to probably about 10 or 12 live, covering them when I was doing journalism on a daily basis. Uh, I always found them fascinating. And, and, and it's the, one of the best places, and you may have, if you've ever attended, it's one of the best places because everybody's there. If you're writing a book or you're doing any research, everybody mm -hmm. and his brother is there in the league. And on the second day when things get a little quieter, you can walk around and talk to anybody and see anything. So it, it's always been a, a time for me that I, I, I sort of cherished uh, meeting up with people, making new contacts, et cetera. And, uh, you know, the idea, it's funny you mentioned it too, of course, they're hoping that it isn't like Wickenheiser for the Habs. My son, who helped me write this book, big Habs fan, uh, he's hoping very much that they don't miss on this, on this particular shot. And it's interesting to see how many of the years, we, we could have done the, the six least consequential drafts, 
and had lots of good stories about the drafts that had Barry Dean and Doug Wickenheiser and all those people as the number one. But in, in the end, we chose these. Bruce Dobigan with us and uh, Evan Dobigan, the two of them putting this book together. I'll say it again. Now that we have everybody's attention, Bruce, and you know this TV game, in exact <laughs> science, the six most compelling draft years in NHL history. I'm wondering, was there a name that continued to come up in your interviews and so forth in terms of who might be the best scout, the best this, the best that in this draft industry in the NHL? Well, certainly, I, I, I'm presuming your dad probably told you that it was Sammy Pollock. Certainly, in the in the first half of the book, the drafts he impacted. Uh, one of the reasons that we had a draft was because Sam Pollock was so damned efficient with the Canadians in getting uh, the top talent, especially out of out of Quebec. The idea that we went to a universal draft in 1971, that was the year Perot was drafted, was because the Canadians were just dominating too much in signing, and the Leafs to a certain extent. They were out getting the Ontario people. And Sammy, Sammy ran the league, even though the commissioner, even though Clarence Campbell was down the street in Montreal as the commissioner, Sammy ruled the, the roost. And of course, the famous story of that draft in 1971 was, uh, 71 rather, was when uh, uh, he managed to get the first draft pick overall. They had just won the Stanley Cup and then they had the first draft pick overall. Jean Beliveau retires and they say, welcome Guy Lafleur. And as we say in our <laughs> book, we talk about it in our book, Sammy had a deal for the second pick with Detroit. Detroit was going to take a bag of pucks and Terry Harper and a couple of people. Uh, and in the end, the Canadians decided, no, we're not sure about it. The Canadians could have had Marcel Dion and uh, Guy Lafleur in the same draft. Well, to be honest with you, I hope you can tell by my face, I was very excited to have you on the air because this is one of my favorite topics. And for a lot of Canadians yeah. and hockey fans, it's theirs too. Uh, so my dad, who's not with us anymore, hated with a passion the Montreal Canadiens, Canadiens. So he, no, he never talked about Sammy Pollock. The one, when they had drafted Carey Price, my dad told people, those sons of bitches will probably win a Stanley Cup with him. And they almost yeah. did. But the almost. one name was David Conti. David Conti was a name yeah. that came up a lot in, in his era, New Jersey Devils, uh, regarded yeah. as the architect of those 90s three-time Stanley Cup. So that's what I'm saying. Was there any behind-the-scenes names that people wouldn't know that you became familiar with through putting this book together? Well, certainly the guys who did the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings are the dynasty for 25 years. I, I grew up in Montreal, but somehow I wasn't a Habs mm. fan. I grew up a Gordie Howe fan. I was a Red Wing fan in Montreal. So I, you know, I, I had a bit of a challenge early on defending myself at recess all the time. Anyhow, when the Red Wings finally got themselves together in the early 90s, uh, they were the best team in the NHL for a quarter century. And the guys behind that started with Jimmy DeVolano, but then Neil Smith, of course, the GM, he was one of the guys who orchestrated a lot of the European drafts. Uh, what's his name up in Edmonton now, of course, is running things. Uh, uh, Ken Holland. The GM up there. Yeah. Ken Holland, yeah. Ken Holland. And a guy named Christer Rockstrom. People don't necessarily know about him. He was a cab driver in Stockholm. And Neil Smith was, you know, he'd fly over for these international events. And, and Rockstrom would pick him up at the airport and talk his ear off about hockey. And finally, he said, this guy knows a lot. And he ended up being their European scout, was the guy who orchestrated not only 97, a 98 rather draft, but all, sorry, 79 draft, but all those other drafts in which they used got European guys, right up to Zetterberg and Datsuk and all those kind of guys. So he, he would be a guy well, who you wouldn't have ever heard of. Right, of course. And the thing is, my dad's boss for about 15 of those years was Craig Button, whom we all know when he's in Calgary. Yeah. And if you know Craig, he's way more animated off the air than on. And one yes. time at the Great Eagle, within the last year, he said to me, I, I talked about drafting and criticizing. He's like, 
I don't listen to anybody's criticism. Unless you've done it, don't criticize me for who I've drafted. <laughs> so, as you know, this is a hot-button topic amongst the personnel types. Yeah, and, and Craig is quoted liberally in the book. We've been friends for a long time. I covered him when he was the GM of, of, of the Flames, handed the luckless position of being the GM at that time when the ownership was in flux and there was all sorts of other stuff going on that, that he couldn't control. Uh, and he's a great guy. You're right. He's, he's, anim- well, he's getting more animated on air, too. But, yeah, he's very animated about stuff, <laughs> has his opinions. And, of course, his father, we are talking about names you may not know, his father ran NHL Central Scouting for a long time. And uh, there's, a, there's an interesting story. Yeah, Jack. There's an interesting story that Eric Duhacek, who you, you probably remember from his days at the Herald in Calgary and then the Globe and Mail, he told us a story, speaking of sample scouting, uh, he was out looking at Gary Souter. And Gary Souter was playing in university hockey at the time. And he, he said, who is that guy? And they said, oh, that's Gary Souter. He said, look, Central Scouting. He said, this guy's five foot nine. The guy I'm looking at is six feet and he's 200 pounds. He watched him play. And, of course, it was Gary Souter who was going to be the rookie of the year. So the whole thing for Ian McIntyre then was, how do I keep this a secret? How do we keep this a secret that this guy who's 5'9 mm-hmm. in the Central Scouting book is now this huge guy who's going to be a great star? How do we keep it a secret until drafted? But they did. And, of course, one of the great steals of all time fascinating stuff okay you've sold us where can people get the book i'm assuming it's available now you get the book uh, it's, it's on all of the amazon and it's on uh, uh, indigo chapters indigo but you can also go to my book site brucedobiganbooks.ca it's got not only that but all the other books where you can order if you want to get some of the back ones you can see them behind me the first book that i wrote defense never rests one of the rare places you can find that so a- anybody who wants to get it please go out and get it it's a great read you're a hockey fan, lots of good hockey stories. And, and at the end of each chapter, we do a bit in which we redraft that year, according to what we know 2020 hindsight, which was fun too. Oh, wow. All right, Doughboy, you are an absolute gem. Nice to see you again. Let's do it again here as uh, hockey gets closer. Anytime, I'm here. Author Bruce Dobigan, Inexact Science. His book is available now, as you just heard. We have a viewer takeover coming up next, a sports update, Farhan Lalji in Hour 2. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, available all across Alberta and BC on Telesoptic Cable, Channel 924. Also, YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, RP Show continues getting to the end of hour one. We're going to have a lot of fun in hour two when the Moose rejoins. I got some draft stories. Got some good impressions coming up, too. But first, let's do a sports update on this uh, Tuesday. For our BC viewers, after being unable to hold their induction ceremony in both 2020 and 2021, the BC Football Hall of Fame is thrilled to host their class of 2022 induction ceremony. Saturday, September 24th, ahead of the BC Lions game versus the Calgary Stampeders. The class of 2022 is highlighted by Dr. Bob McCormick, one of the biggest and most influential names in BC sports medicine circles who has been a fixture with the BC Lions since 1990 and currently serves as the club's head physician. The class of players is headlined by New Westminster BC product Doug Brown, 
the Canadian Football Hall of Famer, and I want to talk about Doug Brown in a minute. Since he's played his entire career with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and was the CFL's 0-1 most outstanding Canadian. Yes, but he was with the Washington Redskins. Let's not forget about that. Also being inducted in the players' category are Neil Beaumont, Mark Norman, and Mike Belafontaine. Rounding out the class of 2022 is the late Frank Rigney in the media category. Some associations in football recognize the media in Halls of Fame. How about that? How about Jerry that? Mullis and Paul Short go in in the builders category, the St. Thomas More Knights Grade 8 program, and the team category in the late Dr. Frank Lodato as a special award recipient. Hockey Canada's board of directors says it is supporting President and CEO Scott Smith and his executive team amid calls for leadership change at the organization. Hockey Canada interim board chair Andrea Skinner made the announcement in a statement posted on its website. The national sport organization is under intense scrutiny for its handling of sexual assault allegations against members of previous men's junior teams. Canada and arch-rival USA clash at the Women's World Hockey Championship today to defend first place in their pool. Sorry, to determine first place in their pool. Defending champion Canada is riding a five-game win streak against the Americans. This game in Herning, Denmark, is the marquee matchup of today's Women's World Sked. And the Toronto Blue Jays send righty Kevin Gosman to the mound tonight against the visiting Chicago Cubs. The Cubs counter with a familiar face, former Blue Jay Marcus Stroman. Monday night, the Jays rallied from a 4-0 deficit to beat the Cubs 5-4-11, Toronto's first win in four outings. Sports updates for Edo Japan. From hand-rolled sushi to bento box meals made with their famous teriyaki sauce, Edo Japan's menu has something for everyone. I said in the uh, warm-up that I'm doing this show not under protest, not even necessarily under duress, but under Another bad freaking cold, and it's ticking me off. As you folks know, summer colds are the worst. And that's what I got. Last minute of play in hour one. We'll probably get into the CFL next hour, if that's what you want. We are heading into Labor Day weekend, after all. Ted in Red Deer says, in today's NHL cap-controlled world, every team is one goalie injury away from missing the playoffs, in my opinion. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Jeff the Stamps fan says, let's get Rod into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Good luck with that one, Jeff, but thank you for the idea. Good luck with that one. I think it's just we all did our jobs for a very long time. I don't think that any recognition that way is, is necessary, but not everybody feels that way. So CFL stuff next hour. Chris Strevler, would you sign him if you were a CFL team? Um, this weekend's Labor Day games. And the uh, Pacific Division predictions all coming up here in Hour 2 on Game Plus TV. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.